E.D. Bellis presents America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Our Constitution is a document in which we, the people, tell the government what it is allowed to do. We, the people, are free. Once again, direct from America's heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome to America's Healthcare Challenge. It's great to be back, and thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Sean McGuire here. Please make sure to check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash America's Healthcare Challenge. Today, we're going to be talking about what to watch for in healthcare during the Biden administration. We're almost a month into the administration, and as the case with every president, American citizens can expect to see several policy changes and reforms intended to improve the nation for the better with the new administration of President Joe Biden. One of the most significant issues in the United States today is health care, and we can expect to see future alterations regarding health care over the next several years including the next four. So in the first month following his inauguration, President Biden has already taken significant steps towards improving American health care, particularly in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. In the future, we can be looking for him to also make plans to address Obamacare, a.k.a. the Affordable Care Act, expand Medicare and Medicaid eligibility, and work towards tackling that difficult and high cost of prescription drugs, so trying to decrease prescription drugs. Uh, In this segment, we're going to talk exactly about how President Biden intends to improve or reform American health care and how it will affect the everyday citizen, such as you. Uh, But because this is such a broad topic, we're only going to cover some of the most prominent issues and not get too much into the weeds. Uh, We're going to focus today on the Affordable Care Act, Medicare and Medicaid, the industry of prescription drugs, and then the highly influential global pandemic, COVID-19. And let's start with that first, Biden's plans for COVID-19. We are in a nation divided. Uh, This issue is becoming more divisive, it seems, to me. But since the rise in the late December of 2019, this virus has had an unprecedented global effect uh, that we're still being battled today. Uh, During President Trump's administration, The overarching approach to the pandemic was to allow for more of a state-run approach, allow states to proceed as they deem fit rather than impose complete overarching federal action. Now, this is an important um, contrast between between the two parties in that Democrats usually favor a more federal approach, whereas Republicans look towards more state actions. As a result of this, uh, some states chose to enter into a state of lockdown where residential citizens were not permitted to leave the state and not residential citizens were not permitted to enter the state. And I can speak about that firsthand uh, living up in Maine recently. uh, Other states deemed the effect uh, of the virus so severe that it warranted a complete shutdown where businesses were not allowed to operate unless essential. There were several states that opted to do less, more or less, the state of normalcy. Uh, masks were not enforced, for example, and businesses uh, continued to operate. Uh, with the pr- pandemic reaching all-time highs in the past month, in addition to the nationwide distribution of the COVID-19 vaccine, 
uh, which you can read about on our website. Uh, President Biden now has some significant decisions to make to decrease the number of those infected and to help the nation move past this chapter that I think we all want to get closed. So President Biden's potential actions and resolutions. Some of the things we could be looking for are creation of a unified COVID-19 strategy, which would include increased funding. Uh, we're already getting to the levels of a trillion dollars. Uh, the potential release of a third stimulus check for Americans to provide relief during the pandemic. Uh, the figure that they're tossing around right now is around $1,400. Uh, plans for a COBRA subsidy that will last until 2021. This will include a 100% tax credit proposal for premiums paid toward the program. And this important program, COBRA, allows former employees to remain on employer-sponsored health care policies. So this is uh, this would be intended to help those who are laid off. And uh, we're going to get in a little bit more into uh, some of the other things that have happened recently uh, as far as helping people when they get laid off. Creation of a COVID-19 advisory board to help create a long-term detailed plan for battling the national effects of the virus. Mounting an indefinite but effective state of national emergency response. Uh, this would be to uh, reduce the spread of the virus, uh, eliminate cost barriers regarding prevention of care in COVID-19. We saw a lot of health insurance companies doing this, uh, providing free care uh, for uh, COVID-19 uh, um, testing, vaccination, and treatment. The question is, will people have to pay for that later down the road? Establishing a pandemic testing board on national level to increase testing, drive-by testing, almost doubling the current rates. Creation of home testing or instant tests to increase COVID testing as well as ensuring public safety. This could be useful for those who are exposed or in quarantine. Uh, the requirement of all citizens to wear a mask and practice social distancing on federal property. They did that. Uh, they also reestablishment of the pandemic response team within the National Security Council. So as many of these things that I just talked about are already in place. Uh, we can see some of them potentially coming down uh, in the next few days uh, or weeks ahead. And the president aims to confront these issues posed by COVID-19 on a unified national scale for, mask, uh, for maximum protection of citizens' health. All right, let's move on from that because I'm sure a lot of people are already tired of talking about the pandemic. Let's talk about something that I found is interesting and is already in the news right now, and that is President Biden's health care plans for the Affordable Care Act, a.k.a. Obamacare. And as you may know, we've been covering that show, that issue on this show of, for nearly 10 years now uh, since it was uh, created. And uh, it's something that I've, uh, you know, paid close attention to personally and uh, spoke to about a lot to uh, different groups and individuals and families and all kinds of folks. And one of the biggest contrasts between Joe Biden during the Democrat campaign was um, his stance on, on keeping the Affordable Care Act and improving upon it, whereas some of his opponents... Uh, we're more of in favor of a public option or a Medicare for all type of approach. Uh, although the majority of the ACA deals with reforming health insurance, it ultimately had an in, a significant impact on U.S. 
healthcare in general. It really um, caused a lot of uh, consolidation, and we've covered this in previous seasons of the show. Uh, the most significant change that the ACA provided was it allowed individuals with pre-existing conditions to still be able to get health insurance rather than being excluded, which was once the case, unfortunately, in this country. It also allows pa- uh, children to remain on their parents' plan until they reach 26 and, uh, and covers uh, several essential health benefits such as preventive care for wellness and chronic disease management, maternity and newborn care, services for behavioral health and mental health, services and devices to help people with injuries, disabilities, and chronic conditions, lab tests, pediatric care, prescription drugs, outpatient care, emergency room services, and hospitalization. Uh, Those were the 10 essential health benefits. Uh, During former President Trump's administration, they uh, tried to repeal and replace the ACA and one of the things that they were able to do was uh, eliminate the individual mandate, which uh, is something that uh, was quite controversial, uh, which would uh, penalize individuals for not purchasing health insurance. Additionally, a citizen's residential state can now request work requirements from potential beneficiaries that they're employed or attending school before providing them Medicaid. And since its exemption, the constitutionality of the ACA has been in question and even today, the Supreme Court still considers arguments uh, regarding whether the uh, policy should be altered or repealed and removed entirely. So this is going to set up for a really interesting debate uh, on this bill, or on this law, actually. And uh, one of the things that you might see in the discussion would include uh, expansions of the subsidies uh, to make premiums more affordable. affordable. Right now, if you... If you uh, make le- more than 400% of the federal poverty level, you do not qualify for subsidies. They might maybe raise that to 500. I haven't heard exact numbers on that. Um, they're going to, again, again protect uh, the ACA from attacks uh, rather than repealing it. They'll probably build on it and restore more funding for consumer outreach. Um, that's because not as many people have actually signed up for the law as they had originally intended. But there still has been a lot of people signed up, but it's not as many as they had originally expected. You're going to see uh, potential more subsidies and overall reduction in costs for health care for citizens, potential, potentially uh, simplification of the healthcare system so it's easier to navigate, the creation of what they like to call the public option. Uh, this would resemble the Medicare program and allow citizens of any age to have health insurance as administered by the federal government. This was, again, a, a big thing in the debate. And it would increase uh, competition with private health insurance companies and drive prices down. That's the argument. Um, whether that's the case, we shall remain to be seen. Uh, expansion of ACA tax credits. So, for example, right now, um, there are consumer protections in the law, meaning that uh, the law... The, um, it's, it's tied into it can't cost more than 9.86 percent uh, of a person's income and they might adjust that to maybe 8.5 percent they could ask add this public option to uh give an, another uh another choice to people because there's not as much choice in there stop surprise billing from out-of-network providers in circumstances where patients cannot control who their provider is and such as in 
hospitalizations. This was kind of a tricky thing because as the ACA mandated uh, insurance companies cover all these things, um, not charge more than a certain amount, they responded by switching around networks, and the real loser in all of this was healthcare consumers. And a lot of people have been shocked with uh, surprise medical bills. So because the constitutionality of the ACA is currently under discussion within the Supreme Court, there does not there is a small chance that it might not survive for President Biden to make these chances. However, I believe that uh, this law isn't going nowhere. I've been saying this for a long time, and I think uh, I'll be vindicated in that prediction in the next year or so as they try and strengthen it. So let's shift over to Biden's health care plans for Medicare and Medicaid. Uh, Medicare and Medicaid are both health care programs that provide coverage for over 115 million Americans annually. And although there are significant differences between these two, it can be easy to mix up. And sometimes I, I, I kind of mix them up when, when saying because they sound so so much alike. But they are quite different. So let's start with Medicare. Medicare is managed by the federal government. It's created for individuals over the age of 65, and it was expanded to include individuals under 65 with a long-term disability or those that are on dialysis. Um, it does not uh, matter what your income is. Uh, if you turn 65, you're eligible for Medicare. It doesn't matter about your medical history or health status. You're eligible. It's financed as uh, users pay into trust funds that cover their medical expenses. This is done through payroll taxes. Patients pay part of the costs through deductibles as well as small monthly premiums for non-hospital charges. And you can, of course, get a supplement plan to pick up any gaps in, in, in that Medicare doesn't cover. Now, Medicaid is different. It's a federally It's a federal program that's administered at the state level. So it's a federal state assistance health program, meaning that it's managed by state and local gover governments, but it is governed by uh, federal guidelines. It's income-based. It's meant to assist low-income individuals. It can eliminate or mitigate the cost of health expenses. Coverage policies and fees will vary between the state and local government because each Medicaid program is a little bit different. Now, what people don't realize is that Medicaid is actually one of the largest financers of long-term care insurance in the country. But a lot of people really over, overlook that fact. Now, the ultimate goal of Medicare and Medicaid is to provide financial re relief to individuals with or at the risk of severe health issues who struggle to cover their medical expenses due to age or economic status. Um, as with every administration, there can be alterations and reforms. Happens every now and then. A lot of time they might reauthor, reauthorize certain programs. Um, and I would expect that President Biden intends to make some changes of his own. Now, a significant element of potential reforms is the use of Medicare to reduce the cost of drugs in the United States and promote competition within the market. This is a big problem. Some of the things that president might do expand, uh, within the scope of Medicare is ex uh, expand eligibility. Remember, you have to be 65. Perhaps they could lower that to 60. 
Uh, they could include dental, vision, hearing coverage as standard inclusions of Medicare rather than forcing beneficiaries to purchase them through a supplemental policy. They could use Medicare to expand price negotiations to the cost of drugs provided by drug companies. Um, utter lack of competition in this business has increased drug prices to absurd levels. And I'm sure some of you might have been um, you know, seeing this as you receive sticker shock on certain drugs, and it seems like it changes all the time. Permission of United States citizens to purchase select drugs from other countries as long as they're deemed safe by the government. This could be beneficial. Prohibition of drug industries from raising therapeutic price at a rate faster than inflation. Now the question here is, is it regular inflation or medical inflation? Because medical inflation is uh, far grows far greater than regular inflation. Expansion of Medicaid to include all United States, particularly the 12 that have yet to adopt the program. Uh, so reforms of these programs... Um, could not only assist individuals that qualify for Medicare and Medicaid, but all Americans, if if they do try and use Medicare to reduce drug prices by promoting competition and allowing citizens to buy select drugs from other countries. I really hope they do something to look at this because uh, there really are skyrocketing drug costs in the United States. Ultimately, though, however, I would say that these reforms could come with their own costs, such as reduction in drug prices affecting medical research funds. Therefore, it's important to keep in mind that all these potential changes will have their pros and cons. And then we're going to conclude today with talking about um, some of the other things that they might do outside of the, the big one, the big entitlement programs. They call them Medicare, Medicaid, and the ACA. What are some of the miscellaneous things that... Uh, President Biden might do. One of the things is um, addressing doing more with mental health services. Um, during the COVID-19 with mass quarantines, business failures, peak unemployment rates of 14.8% in April 2020, the mental health of many has, has really plummeted. Um, many have gone as far as labeling them in a mental health crisis due to this, according to a recent study by the CDC. There's been over 81,000 drug overdose deaths in the United States in the 12 months ending in May 2020, the highest number of overdose deaths ever recorded in a 12-month period. So individuals who suffer from drug abuse, addiction, or experiencing mental diseases and disorders ranging anywhere from depression, anxiety, insomnia, uh, to more severe conditions strongly benefit from mental health services. And this would allow them to receive a professional diagnosis, more therapy and counseling, medication, prescriptions, psychiatric hospitalization, 12-step programs and support groups, and other medicinal alternatives. So uh, to counter this, Americans with mental and emotional help needed, um, the administration has uh, proposed to appropriate $4 billion to revive, expand uh, medical services. Um, there's also been some proposals for funding to support of domestic violence because this has been another unfortunate issue that has risen. And um, they've proposed $800 million in, in support of, for victims of this. 
um, increased budget for veteran health care. Um, they've they will look to add twenty billion dollars to the veterans budget through through uh, this pandemic. This would ensure veterans with COVID receive the proper treatment, expansion of telemedicine, and other supporting things. Financial relief and investment to native in Native American health care. Uh, the United States should provide funding and investment toward Native American communities for many reasons. Um, the most prominent right now is assistance and relief to battle the COVID-19 pandemic. They were hit much harder than, than others. As the pandemic rose, the CDC conducted research into its effect on American Indian and Alaska Native folks. And due to the research conducted during the 2009 influenza pandemic, uh, dispropor- uh, demonstrating disproportionate mortality rates in in these folks compared to white people and and healthcare disparities is a big topic in this country and unfortunately it looks like it was uh, worse in this uh, this year than it was when they studied that in 2009 Uh, as of December 2nd 2020 the CDC has reported um, nearly 2700 COVID-19 deaths among non-Hispanic persons in the United States. A recent analysis found that the cumulative incidence of laboratory-confirmed COVID-19 cases among American Indian and Alaska Native persons was 3.5 times higher than among white persons. Uh, Among the 14 participating states, the age-adjusted mortality rate of 55.8 deaths per 100,000 was 1.8 times that of white persons, 30 per 30.3 deaths per 1,000. So in addition to providing financial relief through increased funding for the Indian health services, the Biden administration aims to strengthen Native American health care as a whole, particularly for health care deficient communities. So in conclusion, improving national health care is obviously a significant issue to tackle, particularly because it's so huge with numerous issues residing in the overarching label of health care particularly because Donald Trump and current President Trump continue to face a, a, a national crisis that could rival even the most profound challenges of their predecessors. And so that, that's always going to be hanging on out there. And it's always going to be an unfortunate tug of war, um, tug and pull of reformed and new policies that are every decision has its pros and cons. What President Biden might deem as beneficial for America, allowing it to take strides for the better, others might perceive as several steps backward by inhibiting constitutional rights and national productivity. Only time will tell what health care changes the new president will achieve and their effect on the nation, both short and long term. For more on this issue, check out our website, edbellisinc.com, and our YouTube channel, under Edie Bellis, where I get down into the nitty-gritty a little bit more on some of these issues. And I thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.